This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. We don't have much time, but I hadn't planned to preach this morning. In fact, I said to a friend of mine who's like he arrived this morning, who was visiting us, saying, I'm not going to preach this morning, we're just going to hear some stories. And the stories have been great. But increasingly, as we are worshipping the Lord this morning, I felt actually we do need to open God's Word together. And I feel there are some things that I feel God would have me say this morning and want to share with you. So we're going to spend a few moments doing that. So Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for some wonderful stories we've heard this morning uh, of you healing, of you being at work, of uh, people of uh, different ages responding to you. We thank you for those things. And now as we spend a few moments in your word together, I pray, Father, you would teach us. I pray particularly for me as I uh, speak now that you'd help me to communicate what I feel you've put on my heart, that, God, you might encourage us and challenge us in your word this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, are you ready to be encouraged and challenged? I'm afraid you don't get a choice of which one it is. I think it's both ands. And that should be true of Scripture, shouldn't it? Actually, we expect God to speak to us as we read it, and we expect the Holy Spirit to apply it to our lives. And I'm certainly expecting that and praying for that, even now as we spend a few moments looking at His Word together. So, in Acts chapter 1 here, we've got um, the account here of what happens just before Jesus is taken back to heaven. And so the people he's talking to here are his followers. So it's his disciples, it's those who have been following him, it's those that have been with him over a period of time, it's those who have believed in him. So this is not a preach or a sermon that Jesus is addressing to a vast crowd necessarily, some of which may believe in him and some not, but rather who he's talking to are those who are following him. It's those who believe in him. And it's important that we understand that to start with. So Jesus is speaking to, right there, those who have already believed in him. 
And it says that he showed them many convincing proofs over a period of 40 days that he was alive. And many people saw him. These resurrection appearances were, uh, there were many of them. Some of them are documented in scripture for us. But we see here that Jesus is talking on this occasion here to those who believe in him already. And actually I believe now even this morning he wants to address those who believe in him already. And maybe you're here as a friend or as a guest and you think, well, I'm not sure if I do believe in him. Well, that's okay. This is, for, this is for you as well. But primarily what this is referring to and what I feel God has for us this morning is for those of us who have already believed in Jesus and trusted in him. And there's some instructions that Jesus gives here. Do you see that as we read it? He says to them, on one occasion, while he's eating with them, he gave them this command. So not, it's, even, it's not even just a conversation, it's a command. So when Jesus gives you a command, that comes with some authority, doesn't it? You know, it's not an optional extra. Do we think, oh, maybe do that, maybe not. No, Jesus is telling them what he wants them to do. And he tells them very, very clearly, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And he makes it clear to them that before they're going to do anything, before they, they take on the great adventure that he has for them, that they don't know everything about yet, but God has lined up for them, before they start any of that, they're to do one thing. Well, two things actually. They're to wait and to receive the Spirit. Very, very clear. Before you do anything, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father spoke about. And for us this morning, I feel that God will want to underline to us the importance of receiving the Spirit. And you can say, well, I've trusted in Jesus. Yeah, that's good. And that's right. And the people that he's speaking to here have trusted him as well. They've believed in him. But he makes it very clear that for them, they needed to receive the Spirit. And the same is true for us as well. The importance of receiving the Spirit. And friends, it's important that we understand that, that it doesn't happen just by osmosis. It isn't just because you happen to come to a charismatic church. It isn't just so that, you know, you might be in a meeting where uh, maybe there are some gifts of the Spirit or, you know, there's perhaps some lively worship. That doesn't mean automatically that you have received the Spirit. It might mean you're in a context where receiving the Spirit might be easier. (laughs) But just because you're in that sort of meeting or even come along to that sort of church doesn't necessarily mean that you have received the Spirit. And I haven't got time this morning to preach a whole message on receiving the Spirit and being baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll do that on another occasion as we um, continue our preaching series, I'm sure. But it's important that we understand the importance of receiving the Spirit and knowing that for us individually, we've been baptised in the Holy Spirit and received him. And I found that was true for me. So I went along to a, a charismatic church for quite a while, went to a whole bunch of meetings for, for quite a while, without yet personally receiving the Spirit. And I observed it all around me, and I saw others encounter God and receive the Spirit, and I saw others filled with the Holy Spirit. But I remember the occasion that it was true for me. And I just feel God would challenge us this morning to make sure that we've received the Spirit. And not just even on one occasion either. Because the Bible talks about go on being continually filled with the Spirit. And there's a challenge for all of us in that. Why? Is it just for meetings? 
Is it just so you might think, oh, you know, I feel good, I've received the Spirit. You know, I've sensed God's presence, I've maybe wobbled a bit, or I fell over. Is that the, is that the end of it? Well, sometimes those things happen, sometimes they don't. Actually, it's not about whether they happen or not. It's about, have you received the Spirit? Is it even about gifts of the Holy Spirit? And the Bible has some things to say about gifts of the Spirit, doesn't it? Now, actually, what Jesus says here, he tells us why they need to receive the Spirit. In verse 8, if you still get your Bible open. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's why you need to receive the Spirit. So gifts of the Holy Spirit are great, and I love Holy Spirit gifts. Please don't misunderstand. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I love that. I like when the Holy Spirit gives gifts. But you know what? The Holy Spirit gives gifts to us, not, again, just so we can feel good, but rather there to build up the church and to equip us in order that we might then go. The Holy Spirit gives gifts in order to build us up, to equip us, to get us ready, in order that then he might send us out. Amen? So what Jesus is saying here is, you need to wait, you need to receive the Spirit, and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's in order that they might be effective in mission. And friends, the same is true for us as well. It's in order that we might be effective in mission in what God has called us to do. So my question for you is this, where is your Jerusalem, your Judea? Your Samaria. Well, for them, Jerusalem was where they were. It was their locality. It was their area. It's what they knew. So I guess for us, that would be Derby. Or maybe if you're from uh, a town or village outside the city, that might be your immediate locality. It's where you know. It's where you maybe know some of your neighbours. It might be where you work. It's your immediate area. And it goes on then, Jesus expands it to to the region, if you like, to the area, Jerusalem, Judea. And then he talks about Samaria. Well, to say to the Jews that they need to go to Samaria, that was telling them to go to people they didn't really get on with very well. If I can even put it as mildly at that. You could say it was their enemies. But Jesus is making it really clear. Listen, you go to those you know first, and then guess what? You go to those who are your enemies, or those that you don't know so well, or that you haven't got so much in common with, so you think. Friends, what's your Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria? What is it for you this morning? Because I feel God wants to underline this to us right at the beginning of a new term. And uh, it's funny in this country, isn't it? You know, The year tends to start in September particularly if you've got kids, because that's when the new school year starts. Everything gears up then. New year is January, but it's also September as well, isn't it? And so as we start a new term, and many of us start a new school year, and we've got that feeling about it, I want us to get this right at the beginning of this term, in this year. What's your Jerusalem and Judea? What's your Samaria? What is God saying to you? Who does he want you to reach out to? So Adam earlier talked about Alpha this term. So we're going to have an Alpha supper on the 28th of September at the waterfall. And even before the summer we were saying, well, who are you going to invite? Who are you praying for? Let me ask the question again. Who are you going to invite? 
Who are you praying for? This morning, if you're here, maybe as a guest or as a friend, you've come with somebody else, you think, well, I'm not entirely sure I understand what it is to be a Christian and to follow Jesus. Listen, let me invite you right now to the Alpha Supper on the evening of the 28th of September. It's free. There'll be some great food and a short talk afterwards that will maybe explain a little bit more to you. You'd be very welcome. We'd love to see you there. You can sign up even this morning. Let me know you want to come. Take this as my invitation to you if you've got some questions. We'd love to see you there. Or maybe you've got a friend. You think, actually, it'd be really good for them to come. This Listen, Don't feel you have to invite them to the whole course. Don't uh, Just say, listen, do you want to come to this evening that my church is putting on? There's a meal and a short talk afterwards. They may have heard of Alpha because Alpha, lots of people have heard of it in this country. Um, but don't feel you've got to invite them to the whole thing. But just invite them to the Alpha Supper on the 28th of September at the Waterfall. There may be other things that we do this term, other guest services that we'll be preaching the gospel at and explaining to people what it means to follow Jesus. Maybe praying for the sick, as we've been talking about, happened at, at North and New Day as well. There'll be those occasions this term. And I want to encourage us to be f- full of faith for them and to be going for them, to be praying for them and expecting that God's going to do some great things. Yeah? Amen? So, friends, this morning, and you can tell this isn't clearly, hasn't had hours of preparation, because I just felt God challenged me to speak on this as we were worshipping this morning. I think there's an importance for us of receiving the Spirit, not just on one occasion, but to go on being continually filled and empowered by the Spirit. Let's go on receiving the Spirit in order that we might be His witnesses. And as we receive gifts from God and He equips us, and builds us up, let's be doing that and receiving that and building one another up in order that we might then go and reach out. So even as we pray on Wednesday evening at the Hallmark Hotel at half past seven, I'm trusting we'll see many of you there. As we pray, we're going to be praying about these things. We'll be praying for Alpha and we'll be praying for Burton. We want to see a small group started in Burton. We'll see Matt and Louise moved and get that kicked off. So we're going to be praying for Alpha and Burton. And maybe some other things as well. But listen, our focus is on what is God doing? Who does he want us to reach? Who, is, who needs to hear the gospel? Who are we going to show God's love to? So we have an outward focus, even on Wednesday as we pray. We're going to pray for Alpha and Burton and for Matt and Lou as they, as they seek to move. Please join us. It's going to be a great time in God's presence. But as well as that, we're thinking... Actually, it's because God has called us to go, to reach out, to receive the Spirit, to be his witnesses, and to be effective in the mission that he's called us to. Does that sound good? Is that what you want to be part of? I'm trusting you do. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray as we close. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've been doing in us over the summer, for great stories we've heard even this morning. And Lord, as we've looked at your word for these few moments now, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to uh, understand what we've read and to be encouraged and challenged by it. Lord, I pray for all of us as we believe in you that we might receive the Spirit and then might go and reach those who don't know you yet. Lord, for each of us, I pray you'd... Tell us, what, what's our Jerusalem, our Judea? Maybe what's our Samaria? 
Well, who are the people that don't know you yet, that maybe we don't have so much in common with? Help us to understand these things, Lord. Help us to receive the Spirit in order that we might then go and serve you and tell others all about you. Father, we want to be obedient to your call. We want to love you. We want to love one another. Lord, we want to love those who don't know Jesus yet. We want to serve our city and reach nations for your glory. Help us to do it, please. We ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.